Hello and welcome to the Schooner Pod. I'm your host, Bobby Howard. With me, we got Jameson, we got Ty, and we are here to break down week zero of the college football season, as well as talk a little bit about the Sooners. A little quiet out there, but there is some news. We have to touch on it. Um, but before we get into our picks, let's let's just start with uh, the biggest bit of Sooner news so far today. Um, and that has to be Marcus Major being ruled in- ineligible uh, due to academic reasons. Um, Jameson, is this a big hit to, to the backfield? I, I know it's a big hit to Ty's uh, prediction of him being the breakout running back <laughs> of the season. Uh, but does, does this affect our depth that much? Ty's had a little bit of a rough start to the season when it comes down to predictions and everything. It's been pretty tough. But yeah, you know, how does one get already suspended for the whole season academically before this football game even starts? Like I'm trying to rack through my brain of like what you have to do to completely um, go through everything. It's like you it's, must – what is it? What is it? It's day two of classes, and it was announced today – so he somehow found a way. I know that the real story involves like summer class or something, but it my man found a way on day one of syllabus week to make himself academically ineligible. For this like, like, he seriously he has to just not be enrolled. He must have just just something happened. Just not even enrolled at OU. That I'm, could I'm be it, it. Could be something like that too. How is a football player you get in that situation is beyond me. That I mean that's a tough go because the amount of resources provided to you, it's, it's almost impossible to get in that position at OU. It, that's, that's pretty tough. Uh, I feel bad for Marcus. That's, that sucks. I think he was going to have a, a really good year. Um, he hasn't put up the biggest numbers in the world for sure. Uh, this season or like that previous season, uh, we're only losing about, you know, less than uh, 200 yards in production, uh, only six touchdowns, but yeah, it's, it's a bummer, and you know it leaves you with only two really, really high quality running backs uh, to to in OU stable, which you know you need depth. But yeah, yeah how, did, it, how does it, that happen? It, 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 ma- it makes it so crucial that we got Trey Bradford, the transfer from LSU, because we were already thin when it came down to running back. To, this goes all the way back to recruiting cycle in 2020 and losing Jace McClellan. You know. And um, losing the real rooster, Jalen Knight. And like, we've had so much problems with maintaining running backs. And here's another number. Um, so we're three deep pretty confidently. Trey Bradford has looked good in camp from what they're saying. But obviously, they say everybody looks good. You can't take any training camp news for, like, you know, granted because everyone's going to be positive. Um, but we'll be just fine. Uh, OU just has to play some walk ons in those scrap minutes. But in all honesty, Marcus Major wasn't turning the dial on us. And he did look okay in the Florida game last year. But at the beginning of the season, you know, he did not show much, um, you know, to me at all. Yeah, it's that's fair enough. That's fair enough. Um, but he, he was definitely a high stock guy. Definitely didn't have a lot to really back him at that point. But, you know, it's another body. That's a bummer. Um, uh, this is what constitutes his news, by the way, for OU. It is quiet out here. Uh, OU has also announced their number three quarterback today. It is the walk-on named Ralph Rucker. Uh, never heard of this man in my life. Uh, but, yeah, no, it, it appears Micah Bowens, the Penn State transfer, uh, will not be in the top three uh, quarterbacks. 
Jameson, are you surprised at the lack of Bowens here? And also, who is Ralph Rucker? Yeah, I, I remember. So this last cycle, they took two walk-ons, one um, quarterbacks, one from Carl Albert and then one from Lovejoy in uh, Lovejoy, Texas. And that's Rucker. He's from Lovejoy, Texas, you know, small Texas town. And he put up stats. Like he just – he re- did really, really well in high school, just didn't get the offers. So just kind of a Lincoln find. And Micah Bowens, there's a reason he wasn't doing much. He wasn't that highly rated coming out. All he is is fast. It just seems like he just doesn't have, you know, the – you know, the throwing ability to be a Lincoln Riley style quarterback. But, you know, if you really are desperate, shift them to a defensive back position. Let's see a little bit of Trajan Bridges action. You, would you enjoy that, uh, Ty? We got a little bit of quarterback playing, some edge rusher or safety going <laughs> up some people's legs. Yeah, uh, it's it definitely we've seen stranger things for sure. But we definitely need a, another human missile I, again. I think it's important uh, – to to know with with Ralph Rucker, what a name by the way too. Get that, that guy into get him into used car sales after the. <laughs> but uh, Tanner Schaefer has remained on the team, but uh, sounds like he's essentially functioning as a like a GA now at this point. Yeah, for sure, yeah, for yeah. sure. Which which seems like an interesting position for him. You know, he never was really going to crack into that. I, I don't I don't really think. I thought it was always a bit of a long shot. But yeah, Ty, I was actually going to ask you your, your thoughts on the name Ralph Rucker. Uh, scale of one to ten, how great? I know you love it, but uh, yeah, no, it's a it's a really really solid. Honestly, it's more of an Oklahoma State name uh, if I if I had to say because they seem to be more of a you know like a good old country boy. Like I could see Ralph Rucker being like a thirty two year old walk on who like tried to play baseball and then was a Walmart manager. Uh, before becoming a quarterback at Oklahoma State. That seems like a, a traditional career path for an Oklahoma State quarterback. So who knows? I, I don't think we're going to ever see much of him, hopefully. You know, fingers crossed. But uh, an, an impressive spot to be in where he's in, for sure. You know, third string, but uh, behind, you know, Spencer Rattler and, and Caleb Williams is, is not too shabby. Yeah, just I'm I'm just excited for uh, Ralph Rucker GMC to open up in a couple of years. It'll be great. Uh, anyways, um, again, it is quiet out here. OU, who always keeps news in as tight as possible, uh, is just it, they're clamping down this year for sure. Uh, so we we don't know a ton, but um, next week we're going to be breaking down the depth chart in depth. Um, so yeah. Uh, I will say we do have a little bit of Cruton news. We're uh, Jameson. Let's hit the music and tell us what we got. David. Yes. What is this, David? This is a Cruton corner with Jameson. Everybody dancing. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, number one wide receiver in 2023. So that's not the current class coming through. That is the next class is committed committed to OU to play football. And it just is the effect of having a big-time quarterback in your class. Malachi Nelson being there, and he's bringing all these people with him. And um, it's hopefully we just – it turns into what we hoped for really the most with that Caleb Williams class. It really could end up being, um, you know, four or five-star wide receivers next to him before the end of it goes so which is just absolutely unreal but we've seen it and we saw it in this most recent this class that's going on right now you have to hold on to these guys 
Um, so um, hopefully we do our best there and none of them get spooked off by or get sold on, hey, why would you want to go to a place when there's three other five stars whenever you could come to Georgia? You come to Alabama and you don't have to compete with one other one or you go to you know, somewhere else. Not like an SMU or a Missouri like the people doing this year. I hope that would never happen again. Um, but, you know, that, it's going to get pitched and we might lose one. But um, just know that Makai Lemon, who's one of them, best friends, Malachi Nelson, he's solid. And then the, one of the other five-star wide receivers just transferred to the same high school as Makai and Malachi. So those two I feel pretty good on. Jalen Hale um, is another lean five-star wide receiver out of Texas in that same class. Um, he's seen wearing some OU gloves on the sideline um, of their most recent scrimmage. And then um, also just keeping Brandon Ennis. He's really good friends with the current running back five-star recruit that we have in the class of Trey on web. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, that's, that's what it's about. Just keeping them all in, just keep it going. But um, you know, especially after the loss of, you know, the number one guy in, you know, the 22 class getting a guy like Ennis is just massive. You know, you, you just got to keep it up, uh, you know, keep everything in, in control and um, keep it going at this point. But yeah, honestly, guys, we have talked about all we can owe you right now. It's, it's getting to the point where the uh, only thing you can do is just, uh, you know, kick the ball off and get going. But here's the thing. We got football this week. And uh, not only do we have football this week, we have games to pick, and I, for one, am thrilled. So let's just dive right into the weekend spread. And I can't believe I'm saying it. It's the week. It's time for the weekend spread. Let's let's get this thing going. And here to kick off week zero, we got our friend, our pal, Bowden Blake. Welcome onto the stream, buddy. Uh, are, are you excited? We finally have college football back, man. Dude, we finally got college football back in. Uh, what a perfect slate to start out with. Honestly, we got a lot of bad games, but that's what you want. You want to get yourself, get some picks in, hopefully win some. Like, I remember last year, the BYU-Navy game won that big whenever we found out Navy had, hadn't even been doing contact practices up until game time. Those are the moments that help you warm up, give you confidence for the season. I'm just so happy to be on the Pick'em Podcast this year. No more dice. No more dice. We're retiring them, and I'm back. I'm picking them with some actual analysis, and yeah. this is going to be fun. Got a little cocky there with the dice. Thought you could beat us with just random chance, but uh, he you did. Know, hey, he beat me. Happens. He actually beat Jameson. <laughs> <It's though. a laughs> raw, raw TCU, am I right? Yeah. Yeah, if, if anyone caught on to uh, what we were doing last year or watched any of my updates, yeah, I had to listen to 18 hours of TCU's fight song as well as um, – Blake had to listen to 18 hours of OU Boomer Sooner because he did not beat all of us in here. But I can, there's always these little things that would just hit me in my head. And all of a sudden, if I hear these stupid tubas probably this year, I'll be at an OU game. And, you know, if I hear just tubas of OU, I might have flashbacks from the stupid tubas in the background of TCU. Just, just, and then I, just try not to go to the TCU game this year. I'm sorry, Blake. Go ahead. And I had the, like, hella aggressive xylophone <laughs> in the back of the OU, like, fight song that somebody was just trolling me that <laughs> came in, was playing random notes on the xylophone. I've listened to other recordings since then, reviewed the files, haven't found anything <laughs> remotely similar to the fight song that I was listening to. It was horrific. I'm never going to do it again. 
Good thing is, we'll figure out some punishment or something to do this year, but I can at least fall on the fact that this is my own analysis. I'm not relying on dice for stupid picks anymore, and I can actually bring back my skill, which was sorely missed last year. For sure, for sure. Ty, as the champion of last year's Pick'em, uh, how are you feeling? You, you, you ready for a repeat? I am. Um, I'm going back to the, the same method as last year, uh, which is to not prepare whatsoever and uh, just shoot from the hip. Well, all right. Let's, I'm, I'm for it. And, you know, it's week one, so that's the perfect time to shoot from the hip. Let's start with our very first game. I can't believe I'm so ready to do this. UTEP at New Mexico State. UTEP is favored by 10. This is a night game, and I don't know where to find it online. It, we've looked it up. It, it is available locally in the Las, Las Cruces area and uh, El Paso. But, um, yeah, no, it is – it's it's tough to figure out where to find this game. Uh, so if you really want, if you want to gamble on this, you, you're kind of a bit of a, a degenerate, but we all are, so we might touch on it. Um, but, but, yeah, Ty, uh, I'll let you start on this one. Uh, as the champ, UTEP or uh, the New Mexico State Aggies? Yeah, so I, this one is easy, I, but I'll give a quick preface for all my picks. Um, it's week zero, so who knows, really. I, I stand by the belief that really until we get into conference play and arguably even the second week of conference play, you really don't know what we're dealing with with a lot of these teams, minus some some you know nice marquee matchups uh, that were really – you know, uh, excited to have this year. But so with that being said, it's, we're all kind of shooting from the hip here, I I would say. And when I look at this, I see a school in Texas versus a school in New Mexico. And I can't think of the last time anyone from New Mexico did anything having to do with football at all. So uh, UTEP minus 10 seems like the move. I don't know, but yeah, I'll lock me in on UTEP. Okay. New Mexico State's mascot is legitimately shooting from his hip <laughs> in the logo. You had it right there, Ty. You had it. it. New Mexico State's mascot looks like like a Disney Channel original version of Texas Tech. Like if they wanted to imply that it was Texas Tech, but they didn't want to pay licensing to use Texas Tech. Oh my That's God. what it looks like. <laughs> That's excellent. That's that, that. I mean, it's pretty accurate, though. Uh, Blake? I'm sure you have some good analysis for this. Uh, UTEP or New Mexico State? Yeah, so I really like these types of games. Like, these are the games I live for. It's two of, like, the traditional bottom dwellers. Like, talk about UTEP. UTEP is usually one of those one, like, over, under, one win a season type of teams. And then Mexico State, basically, that they're an independent as well, play a hard schedule, same deal. So I looked into kind of what's the situation of these teams. So New Mexico State didn't play football last fall. They played in the spring versus two teams. They played Tarleton State, who's an FCS team, lost, lost at home <laughs> to Tarleton State. Much? By how much? Say by they how lost much? by like seven. Let me it see. doesn't no, matter. No, no, no. 43-17. 43-17. <laughs> no. Tarleton State. No. <laughs> So they lost 43-17 to Tarleton State. And then the next FCS team they played is Dixie State. Dixie State, as what it sounds like, is not from the South. It is from Utah. It was their first year as a program, and they beat them by 
seven points. So they beat a team that could barely, that just fielded their first football team ever at home by seven points. And so that's why I was so shocked when I see the spread. I'm like, these are two bad teams. Why is it by 10 points? That's why it's 10 points. New Mexico State had two games three, four months ago and all like got blown out by one FCS team. And so the only reason that you could even think about New Mexico State, they brought in a whole bunch of transfers. Basically every disgruntled four or five star that has played two or three years at a different program. Like I looked up their best transfer, who's this guy named Armari Samuels. He played at Michigan. He got like 18 touches back in like 2018. Like he hasn't seen the field in forever. He was a four star, but he's like going back because he's from New Mexico and stuff like that. So they bring in a whole bunch of these transfer guys. But even then, that is not enough for me. I have to back the Miners here. The Miners are actually a decent offensive team. They're in the top 100 on all the good offensive metrics, passing, passing, rushing. They look like they're going from a one win a year program to a two win a year or three win a year program, which is incredible pro- progression for a team stuck in a. Paso. So I am going to go with UTEP here. New Mexico State's horrendous. UTEP's better, better than Tarleton State. I'll die on that hill. Give me the minors. <laughs> that hill to die on. That's that's not even a hill. It's like a little mound. <laughs> okay, Jameson, uh, any thoughts on this game? What do you, you got? I'm really disappointed because Tarleton State would be a team I want to hop on as the new Boco if they had something fun. But they're the Texans, and that's just so boring. Like, come on. So, you know, I was saying the same thing. Tarleton State, 43 to 17. That is that all I need to say? Just give me UTEP minus 10 on this one. Okay. I'm going to – okay. I'm going to zig while y'all are zagging. I know what I heard about Tarleton go. State. Oh, no. I know what I heard. going to start from a hole and never recover. With that being said, UTEP also has historically not been very good. I think – I know they're a little bit better, but – you know, I think this could be this could be a rock fight because you know what? It's a rivalry game, folks. It is the I ten. Uh, I, I think it's the I ten war. Uh, and you know you what they <laughs> say? A good name. The I ten. Yeah, they just picked. They, they just picked the highway name for their rivalry. And not only that, UTEP hasn't beaten New Mexico State in a couple of years. So I, I'm just saying, like it's is it, you know New Mexico State has the four game winning streak here. I th- I'm not saying they'll win straight up, but I could see it being a rock fight. I could see it being just a disaster overall. Um, so give me New Mexico State to cover the spread. I think it's going to be a total mess. I would love to see how it goes. Our guy, the Bobby, can I add? Can I add one more thing? Yeah. What so you got? I I love reading those like preseason guides and stuff that go through like small little analysis of every single team. And I saw this quote that I fit think fits New Mexico State perfectly. These it's from one of those like anonymous opposing assistant coaches, like somebody way down the line. But they said New Mexico State really struggled against a new FCS team in Dixie State. And this year they actually have a Mountain West like mostly Mountain West schedule for 2021 and they are not ready at all for that he literally said that like most of them are like oh they can improve a little like uteps was like they're in el paso it's a little hard to recruit people down there this one just straight up said they aren't ready for anything that they're gonna hit this year (laughs) mexico state's gonna get flat out barn burned (laughs) and bobby as ty said it's gonna start out in a hole at the beginning of the year Hey, so, look, it worked out decently for me last year. I picked I picked Navy, even though they hadn't played it a single... <laughs> I mean, it didn't work out for me in that game, but, you know, maybe... maybe I, practice, I, need, yeah. I need to work out the rust. I need to work out the I, rust. 
I did have a bad year last year. There's no excuses there, but I will hang my hat on this. I was huge on Zach Wilson coming in when we're doing our week zero picks. I said, I really like Zach Wilson. I think that he isn't getting enough hype. Just going to put that out there. Fair enough. Fair enough. I I will say if you like UTEP, definitely probably go with UTEP here. Uh, New Mexico State sucks, but I, I think it could. I think this game could be a mess. Week zero games always are a bit of a mess, but we'll see how it works. New Mexico State uh, has more recent practice, I guess, in losing to Tarleton. Um, next up, another game UConn at Fresno State. The <laughs> UConn Huskies have returned <laughs> to playing football after a year off. It's their first year independent, and their first opponent. Fresno State Bulldogs. Fresno favored by 27 and a half. Um, I don't understand what it's ever, what everyone's laughing about. That's UConn's logo. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, sad Husky. They, they Ever since they they have made the move from the AAC, UConn has just been – UConn football has just been a disaster under Randy Edsel. But, um, Ty, who do you got? Between the Huskies and the Bulldogs, uh, is Fresno minus 27 and a half too much for you? So, again, is it, yeah, I think I'm just going to make this a theme this week. We're just going to pick off of the, the mascots here. Uh, Fresno State has a uh, an off-brand like Yale Y on their Bulldog. I don't even know what that is. Why is there a V on his shirt? I don't even know. Sense. All right, so Fresno State, for a podcast listeners, their mascot has a green V on his shirt for some reason. Um, and I think that stands for a victory against UConn here. It's, it's a long way to travel for UConn, and Fresno is a better team. So I can see four touchdowns. Fair enough, fair enough. I, I, I think that's, that's a good pick. Um, Blake, who do you got in this one? So I got to go with Fresno. That the reason, okay, I'll break it down a little bit, but the reason why I got to go with Fresno, Fresno's a top half Mount West team, easy. They're one of those teams that they were the beneficiaries of the COVID waiver of them being able to bring back a whole bunch of super seniors. What I want to highlight right here is Ronnie Rivers. Ronnie Rivers has already set the record for most touchdowns by running back in Fresno State history. And he's coming back for a season that he didn't even think he was going to have. They have a good running game. They have a really, really, really good passing game. Uh, Jake Hayner, who is their quarterback, in a honestly a very strong, I will say, a very strong co- uh, quarterback conference. With you got Nick Starkle, you got strong from Nevada in this conference, and he last year was leading the way with most uh, most yards per game. So Fresno State is a talented team. UConn did not play a single game last year. They were one of only three FBS teams that completely canceled their entire season due to COVID. And that was both a coach's decision and a player's decision. And like, I know like COVID, it was serious and all that, but that doesn't give me a good indication that their players really want to fight that if they thought going into last season, they were going to get creamed and they just canceled it. Like they didn't even want to try to see what they could play. I don't like them coming into this game now. But let's not remember, according to the New York Times, the national championship champion last year was UConn, as they wrote the article right before the national championship game saying that 
UConn should be crowned the national championship because they actually had the courage to cancel their season because of how bad COVID was. And everybody else was stupid, so we need to crown them as a national champion. So this is a bold pick since I'm picking against a national champion right here. But I gotta go with Fresno minus 27 and a half against the Sad Huskies. The the Sad Husky. I I gotta say, it's... You know, no no respect to New Mexico State, who delayed theirs. I guess that would have just been like a playoff appearance to them. I know. They could have, uh, yeah, they could have had the, with them, I think the Ivy League schools, they could have had a little playoff going with who didn't, with who didn't play last year. Who was more courageous in their decision to who, skip last season? Who is the most courageous, for sure. Uh, <laughs> that's funny. Jameson, who do you got? UConn, Fresno. The V represents the... Uh... The Wa- San Joaquin Valley and the color green was selected to honor the importance of the agriculture industry in the region. That's just so lame. <laughs> that is so lame. There's not even like, it's just like, we love our agriculture here at Fresno State. Let's put it on the back of our helmets and on our little logo on the on the dog. Like, we make I mascot in honor of most glorious agriculture of whatever valley San Joaquin I, I, Valley yeah, I don't know the culture out there I, I but that's just lame I'm sorry and um but here's my problem here yes I can see Fresno State has an offense but it looks like they have a horrible defense I was looking New Mexico beat them at the end of the, um, the year last year and any team from New Mexico doing well spooks me because I know they're always perennially bad so I was like can sad Huskies at least hold on for dear life to hang on to this 27 and a half? And then I thought about all those times last year, how I picked the Kansases over and over. And I'm sitting there in the fourth quarter watching this horrible game, just being like, oh, just please don't get a garbage touchdown. And it always seemed to backfire me. And I swore off all of these bad teams. But look at this sad husky. I don't really want to So I'm going to pick the... No, I'm not going to pick the Sun House game. We're going for Fresno State. <laughs> Which is fair. I you was know. extremely torn, Bobby. Extremely torn. Legitimately, before this, I was thinking, okay, we're going to do Fresno State. We know that they're going. UConn has to travel across the country, you know, and we're just going to let Fresno do their thing. But then you just pulled up the sad husky, and you know, in the arms of the angels, I almost like like fell for it. <laughs> you know, for for our podcast listeners uh, at home. Uh, the logo that we pulled up on the video is the Inui Husky, the s- saddest logo of all time. Uh, shout out Yukon, but I will not, I have no pity for the sad Husky. Uh, they, they sat a year out. That is automatically kind of a, a step back for them. That, that definitely, I would think hurt them. So they're, they're definitely rusty. And then you look at Fresno, uh, not a great performance. If you look at the record three and three last year, however, the stats, showed differently they actually were um they 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 were one of the best offensive and defensive teams in the mountain west balanced as hell uh had a three-game winning streak until two of their games got canceled and then they hit a wall with nevada and new mexico uh in close you know about 10 point losses each uh that's a hard layoff to have after such a short season so I yeah no I'm I'm gonna go with Fresno here I think they win big I think UConn is rusty and you know frankly just not ready for it so we'll we'll see how it goes moving on next up 
We got the Hawaii Rainbow Warriors at UCLA. UCLA is favored by 18 points here. This one on ESPN 230 kickoff. Uh, Ty, I feel like Hawaii is always a early staple here, but um, this is UCLA's earliest kickoff ever. Do you think the uh, Bruins, you know, are gonna gonna defend home ground here, cover it uh, against the off island uh, Hawaii Rainbow Warriors? Wait, I, so I get two things. What this is not UCLA's earliest kickoff ever, is it? Not not by like time, no, but by date, yes. <laughs> okay, it's okay. early by date, okay, yes. Fair, fair, fair. Okay, I thought you meant by time. I was like, it's two thirty. Um, <laughs> I understand they're in a different time zone, but. Um, I lost my train of thought. Oh, second thing, I like uh, this might be an offline thing, but I, I think I think we should jump into week one. Do the I like how we're doing the picks, you know, like last season's winner and then down because that kind of gives you know advantage uh, to the you know sort of like the draft, you know, bottom teams and up. No, um, this is so anyways, actually, Bobby just leaves himself for last. Every I'm just going time. clockwise. Yeah, no, what I was saying there I'm was going like, clockwise. So do, I want to do, I think we should do one, two, three, four in like the postseason standings becomes the picks so that when it gets strategic later in the season, when we're trying to just pick to beat each other, you know, there's some advantage to the people going later. Mm-hmm. Anyways, I'm not, I'm not just making my picks off of yours, Ty. I'm not trying to. I make my yeah, picks okay. with hard okay. science. Hard science. Blake. Blake is Blake is legally trained in the the ways of misdirection <laughs> and 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 things. Uh, so, anyways, back to football. Um, Hawaii. I looked up. I was I was doing my research for the stats. Really, I was just looking at quarterbacks. And and Hawaii's starting quarterback is a guy named um, Siobhan Cordiero. I probably messed that up, but the site that I found him on um, and and pulled up his stats. Listed his height at six thousand in inches, which is a whopping five hundred feet tall, uh, which should be a massive advantage for Hawaii. That being said, I really think UCLA is going to start to turn it around this year, and it's at home in Pasadena, Hawaii. Not a big market school; shouldn't have a big fan base. UCLA won't either, but. Uh, I have uh, I have UCLA here to to cover the spread in their season opener against the Rainbow Warriors. This is the game I'm most excited about. I, I think a lot of people uh, might agree with me here, but these are just you know two cool teams that are nice casual watches. It's got a good kick time. It's going to be available to be to be seen on ESPN. So this is the one I'm I'm going to watch, and I have UCLA. Yeah, you won't have to illegally pirate this one, <laughs> but that's for sure. Um, Blake is 18. 18- too much for Hawaii here? Look, the usual mantra is Hawaii is one of the easiest teams to bet. You bet them on island, bet against them off island, but I gotta I gotta zig when everybody else is zagging here. I gotta take the Rainbow Warriors. Look, Hawaii has one of the most intriguing players in college football. His name is Calvin Turner Jr. This man does everything. He was the wildcard court wildcat quarterback last year the running back their slot receiver and their kick returner that screams gimmicks that's all the gimmicks they can pull out against ucla get some cheeky big yard play some touchdowns that sounds like a guy that could give them just a little <laughs> bit of a little bit of a problem and look when i was looking at this game there there's a lot of things to hate about hawaii 
they're really bad against the run. Like, I'm talking 105th of the nation bad against the run. Like, they cannot stop anybody. And that's going to be, like, a problem. DTR is, like, one of the best dual-threat quarterbacks in the nation. I think he's going to take a big step this year. And UCLA has a good stable of running backs. I don't think they have a actual starter. They have about three or four guys, a few transfers coming in. But that scares me a little bit. But then when you look at the other side of things – UCLA has to play LSU week one. They're not going to give away the entire playbook against Hawaii when they're coming into town. Most likely, they're going to get up by two, three scores, just try to run out the clock. Hawaii could get a cheeky touchdown or two at the end, easily backdoor cover it. So I got to go with the Rainbow Warriors just because I think UCLA is going to be going half gas with one of their biggest because – because Chip Kelly's really looking for that signature win, and they that would be a incredible one versus LSU to show that UCLA has finally turned the corner. And I just can't imagine them going all out against Hawaii. And then lastly, if you're a degenerate like me that loves staying up till 2.30, 3 a.m. watching those Hawaii games, Robert, Robert Kiloa, one of the announcers, always on the games, calling it, sadly passed away this summer. And he was the staple of that late night broadcast, that one that there was no fans at Aloha Stadium, but everybody's watching it just to win back everything they lost. And just that motivation (laughs) factor, plus UCLA just kind of, I think, going a little sluggish this week, not showing everything. I think Hawaii will get that back door. I think that I feel confident about that. I'm going with Hawaii. And oh, last thing, fun fact. For future Hawaii picks, Aloha Stadium, they are not playing there this year. Aloha Stadium's getting blown down. And I've heard that today. So they are going to be playing out of their athletic complex for the next three years. So. Yeah, no, the the, uh, the city of Honolulu like condemned it because it was falling apart. So they're like, where did they gotta go somewhere. Where did they get money to pay for a new one? Oh, no, they. I, they're, they're, they're stuck by, by federal COVID relief money for <laughs> education went to a new stadium. They, they were stuck between like their just facility and I believe a high school. So nice. things are not great for the Rainbow Warriors right now. That's that's for sure. Um, Jameson, do you have uh, faith in DTR and UCLA stable to win by eighteen? How is Dorian Thompson Robinson and? Chip Kelly still at UCLA. One of them being okay. You say like you say it's going to be a big year for DTR. Man, this dude looked like trash last time I watched him play. The man did not have any accuracy in his body. He had the highest completion percentage of any UCLA quarterback ever, ever last season. Okay, okay. I'm just okay. I guess I don't have those stats, but I'm like, what I'm just saying from the eye test, he just didn't seem like a guy who was just that good of a quarterback when it came down to things. How many interceptions did he have last year? Oh, he had a lot. He had a lot. Okay, that's it was what close. I'm it was that's... it was close. It was close. They Wait, close like, to... so instead of incompletions, he was throwing picks. Yeah, are you yeah. are you telling me that DTR is better than Troy Aikman? Statistically, no, no, not. <laughs> Maybe it wasn't DTR. I'm trying to think. It was DTR, or am I getting uh, what's his face? Who's the who's the guy from Nebraska? I might have got my actually no Stop DTR Frost. definitely. No, the quarterback. The only person Adrian, Mar- Adrian, Martinez, Adrian Martinez. I mean, wait, he might have set the record. I know it was one of the bad dual threat quarterbacks that set the record. So oh, James no. is right. I think James like fifty right. or less passes. I was yeah. about to say, yeah. 
Anyone can have a great record when they throw like one pass. UCLA didn't have a bad know. record last year, though. No, they didn't. They literally all their losses were by one possession or less last year. So, so they you're, all like they were in yeah. every game. Six point loss to Colorado, three point loss to Oregon, uh, seven point loss to, uh, to Arizona State, uh, five point or sorry, uh, yeah, no, five point loss to UC, USC, and a one point double overtime loss to Stanford. So and really, they returned 19 bad. starters. 19 starters. 19. Yeah, okay. okay, so I'll say this about DTR. I was thinking more 2019. He had 12 interceptions in 2019. Yikes. But he did – okay, I'll give it to you. 65% completion, um, four interceptions last season on 138 attempts. So, you know, that is an improve. You know, definitely give it to him. But what I was getting at is I think UCLA – like. They have to do something big here. And all of this Hawaii Stadium news just hammered it down more to me that I'm going to pick UCLA minus 18. Fair enough. Um, here's my thing. I don't – I get that UCLA has, you know, played well last year in some ways. But they, you know, they kept every every game close, no matter what it was. And not only that, but um, if you look at Chip Kelly against non-conference opponents, he has not won a single game against the spread. Not one. He is, I believe, zero and six against the spread and against non-conference opponents. I, I'm just saying they're going to start off slow. They're going to they're going to start off cold, and they're going to be looking ahead to LSU. I think. I, I if you look at if you, if you just look at UCLA, they just seem like a team that's going to disappoint on this end, but sneakily cover in other games. Um, give me the give me the Rainbow Warriors to sneaky cover. Put the piece of paper down, Ty. I'm, I'm just saying. And also, I'm just. I think. I think Hawaii, you know, might might have some tricks up their sleeves. I don't know. It's gonna be fun, but um, yeah. So we're split on it. I, I love a good split decision on a pick. You know, it's 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 nice to get that early. Now let's move on to, um, I guess, our game of the week. No, you can call it that. Nebraska and Illinois. Huskers favored by seven. This is a true noon kickoff. Um, the Scott Frost era has not gone well, and this is as must win, I think, as it gets, uh, in a way. I know it's game one, but it, it feels like the pressure is rising. The NCAA is knocking at the door. And if you start your season losing to Illinois and, uh, Brett Bielema, things are going to go bad. So Ty, do you think the Huskers have a chance to pull this one off? Do you think they win and cover and all that? This one was uh this one was definitely the the most difficult one. As much as I I say I'm shooting from the hip, I am I'm doing more research this year than last year. This one was really difficult because Nebraska, I just don't know. We've constantly had this hype. And and again, shout out to Scott Frost for what he did at um UCF. That was that was kind of ridiculous. Uh, what he was able to to pull off there, it wasn't a national championship by any means. We have an established method of determining that, and they did not do that. Um, but super impressive what he did there. But at Nebraska, it's just he's brought over so much hype in every year that it's like, you know, how many times are we going to have to get burned before we we realize? And I don't. I don't think that Scott Frost is incapable of coaching well at um, at a Power Five school. 
by any means. I and I don't want to, you know, talk talk crap on on Scott Frost or something. I will when when we get to OU playing them. But I think he definitely could succeed in an area where he's given the tools to succeed and and the support to succeed because ultimately you can only do so much with what you're given. So it really, I I know I'm going to get burned. I'm going to ride with Nebraska here because I know that he has it in him. Um, And and I really think he's the biggest key here, but I could really see, I could see Nebraska straight up losing. Illinois outright does not seem like a bad take at all. I know some of you guys are probably going to disagree with me. I'm going to take Nebraska here. I know I took all the overs this week. I promise that's not going to be a theme, but this one was rough. This one was rough. So would you go with the uh, the line is uh, 55. Would you go with uh, Nebraska on this one on the over? Or, oh, well, both of them on the over-under. I'd probably take the under. I would take the under and still in Nebraska. I got to ride with my Nebraska cover that I picked. I'm obviously not going to be putting – I don't have any expendable income currently. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not going to be putting any money on any week zero games, but I would not, I, if I were anyone, I would not put any money on this game unless you know some insider info that I don't, but yeah, I would wonder and I would still take in the Nebraska cover. Fair enough. Fair enough. Blake, you had your tip on uh, Adrian Martinez. Uh, Are you, do you think he's going to lead the Huskers to a cover here? I think so, and Nebraska kind of falls into a similar path that you look at UCLA. It's besides basically Ohio State, and then whenever they played Illinois last year, they were one possession or less losses. Like, that's how close Nebraska was, and I know the record doesn't show it, but they're really in games, and kind of like Ty was saying, I don't think, like, Scott Frost isn't incompetent. He was obviously able to do well at UCF, and I believe like maybe he's not going to lead them to what they want, being like the like these strongholds in the Big Ten West, and really be that perennial power. But I think he's a really good coach. And also like another storyline going on it when you have all this stuff come out about the recruitment violations and not recruitment violations, but practice violations and all that type of stuff. They're trying to, I call it the Jeremy Pruitt, what happened to him in Tennessee, where I like my conspiracy theory is schools kind of leak these minor violations because it gives them an excuse that if Scott Frost doesn't perform well, Nebraska can fire him for cause by saying, oh, it's all these violations, but these violations are just going to be small fines. So I think Scott Frost is feeling it down his neck right now and is really going to try to motivate these guys, try to get that win. They got blown out by this Lovey Smith team last year, and Lovey Smith was a horrible college coach. And I just can't imagine, like, they were bottom-tier everything. And they're returning guys, but they're returning the really bad guys that Brett Bielema, he you know he wants to play good defense, he wants to run the ball. They don't really have the assets for that now. So I think this Illinois team is going to look really bad this year. It's going to take a few years for them to kind of get set up with how Brett Bielema wants to do it. I think Nebraska is just like, if they lose this game, Scott Frost is done. Like, I bet they just fire him. They're going to say it's the NCAA violations and just fire him. And so I think with that in mind, I think at worst is a push, but I just think Nebraska comes out of the gates really firing to show that they're still a competent team. You gotta love a must-win for coach game, you know that. That usually, mm-hmm. I, I feel like OU's been on the end of a lot of that when fi- uh, facing, you know, Texas coaches who are about to get fired. Uh, shout out Charlie Strong, but um, 
Yeah, no, I, I don't know. I, that'll, that'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Uh, Jameson, who do you got between the Huskers and the Illini? Yeah, that's the one I feel the most comfortable on uh, picking just because obviously these are teams that we've dealt with in the past. And secondly, I always pick on kind of just storylines. What can I see in like the future that would just make sense? I kind of see Nebraska coming in undefeated into Norman, you know, and I understand we're picking the spread here, but um, like Blake said, I just don't see much from Illinois. And I read this article before we came on. I was like, you know, no way Adrian Martinez is still there after all the shenanigans last year of him being, you know, in and out starting quarterback. The first thing it was like, Adrian Martinez set the strive as the undoubted starting quarterback in 2021 and some Cornhusker fan sided account talking about how he could go to the NFL if he does well this year. Oh, I, go, no. I go, oh, no, I should pick against Nebraska now, but I was already set on it. We're going Nebraska. Fair enough. Uh, fair enough. Fair enough. And I will, I will say this. Blake mentioned it a little bit. Last time these two play, team, teams played, Nebraska got a little embarrassed. Here is how embarrassed they got. They entered that game last as a 16-point home favorite, and they ended up losing by 18. Mm. That is a remarkable swing. And what I know was that? that was last year. I know, uh, I know that's not this year. I know no, that's, that's not this year. That's recent enough. But that, I mean, that is a that's a pretty bad swing right there. And now I'm not big on Burt Bert Bielema. Uh, not my favorite coach at all. Um but I think this game could get pretty sloppy. I could see I could see Illinois pulling this one out, um, mainly because I, you know, uh, I don't know. I haven't seen like a whole lot of love for Scott Frost at Nebraska from his from his players. I don't. I've never seen him, you know, really fight for him. I've never seen him, you know, really, you know, play well for him. And you know, I I could see them coming out flat and just not doing great. It's a week zero conference matchup. That uh, Illinois has shown that they they can win in this uh, environment, uh, at least you know against Nebraska, which is not exactly a high point environment. But um, I, I don't know. I, I just feel like with everything around Nebraska, the stress sometimes that can be too much. And I, I have Illinois to cover this. Uh, I I would dabble on uh, them straight up, and I I will also say uh, to, to uh, James in the comments. Uh, under 55, I like that a lot because I think this game's going to get sloppy. So um, there we have it. Um, on on Nebraska and Illinois, before we move on, I, I know we're pretty much done, but I, I think I speak, maybe not Blake because he's, you know, a TCU and and, uh, and, and Baylor alum, but um, I, I think I speak for everyone when I say I we want Nebraska to be good. You know, I don't, I don't want Nebraska to be an absolute embarrassment. You know, I would love for them to be, you know, a, at least a, a a divisionally competitive team in in the Big Ten, uh, if not like a nationally competitive team like they've been in the past. I, I don't know if that's possible in the current climate of, of college football. I'm sure a lot of our listeners know a lot more than I do about Nebraska's history, you know, and, and introducing weight training and some of the other stuff that they did that it helped them succeed. But I, you know, I think everyone wants Nebraska to be good like they used to. I, I think OU was kind of counting on that when we scheduled them, but you know, it's, we don't want them to be at the point where we're on the fence, whether or not they're even going to win against Illinois uh, is, is just really sad to see that program where it is now. And, and I don't know if it can recover, but 
I think the schooner pod's official stance is we sure hope it does. Yeah, no, and I'm not picking with what I want to happen. Trust me, I would love nothing more than an undefeated Nebraska going into Norman. Um, but I, I've also found in the past that picking what I want to happen sometimes could get me burnt. Um, and I, I just think Nebraska is a bit overvalued here, even at just minus seven. Um, I, I think this is a way more even game than people people think. This this kind of has put push written all over it, like Blake mentioned. Uh, push her a three-point win. Um or an Illinois win, you know, I, I just, I, I see this game being a little bit close and I personally would favor Illinois at home a little bit here. So yeah, I, I would agree though with this stance that uh, we want Nebraska to be good, especially because there are marquee opponent for strength of schedule and it would be really, really crappy if they, if they were bad. What do you think, Jameson? Yeah, definitely. Um, it's just you always want to fatten up the pig before the slaughter. And if we get a skinny old pig that you can see his ribs, we don't want to slaughter and eat that pig on a big noon, uh, big noon kickoff. So yeah, we we want a fat piggy, not nice corn-fed Nebraska hog. So, all right. Well, those are all the picks we have. There's another game, but it does not have a line. So, because it's you know FCS, so who cares about What's that? The other game. I can't remember. San Jose it. State versus Southern Utah. Oof. I'll take San Jose, whatever well, it is. <laughs> San Jose, straight up. Yeah. Um, there you go. Analysis. Uh, but yeah, that's week one. Blake, how you feeling, bud? Feel great. Feel great. I'm ready to watch a little bit. Just kind of get like it, I kind of like that. It's very light this this weekend, just to kind of get back used to watching some football. And then next week. We have talk about a great week one slate. We have games Thursday through Saturday that are just incredible. Like the fact that Thursday night we're going to get boys at like one of my like favorite group of five matchups, Boise versus UCF. We get, I think, UNC Virginia Tech on uh, Friday. We're in then Clemson, Georgia Saturday. Like week one's going to be awesome. So enjoy this little appetizer this week of some smaller schools and stuff because we're going to get a hell of a slate next week. Absolutely. Can't wait, buddy. All right. Yeah, Blake, thanks for coming on. We'll uh, talk to you next week, okay? Sounds good. Cool. All right. That has been the weekend spread. Week one, but uh, let's let's wrap up because the, the weekend spread was kind of within the mic, the whole macrocosm of the Schooner Pod, and uh, just want to make a quick little announcement, a uh, little, little podcast Schooner Pod business, and probably no one will care, but I would like to announce Schooner Pod officially is joining the Pigskin Podcast Network uh, for this season. Uh, it, it, it's a bit of a startup. We launch on. Um, Mar- or, sorry, uh, September 4th, but wanted to kind of get that out there. Uh, content won't be changing much. We'll still be doing our stuff, but, uh, you know, you, you might not be hearing as much Anchor ads. So that'll be that'll be fun. Um, it's an exciting partnership. All of us can't wait, and um, I'm excited for it. The people will care because we don't get Bobby narrated Anchor ads anymore, and that is just really just hurts. It hurts. We had so many big time plans of what we could narrate and talk about through Anchor, but they they did us good while they lasted. So thank you, Anchor. Yeah, they. they that's true. That, that we'll, yeah, uh, we'll, we'll miss you, my Anchor ads, and shout out to the uh, Boat and Blake uh, pirate one. But um, yeah, you might hear me narrating some different stuff. Who knows? It'll be fun. Yeah, I, I see it up at the top for our video listeners, but. Uh, just put it this way. Anchor was the, uh, well, this is a bad comparison. Anchor was the big 12 
and the Pigskin Podcast Network and, and the people that we're, we're paired with now are or the SEC? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I don't know about that. I don't yeah. know about that. That anchor is the no, no, no. We're super glad to be to be paired with people that we're paired with, and and Jameson missed this, missed out on this. And none of our listeners are going to get it, but we, Bobby and I, got to go to a Zoom meeting with some of the other podcasts we're paired with, and boy, there's some characters. So we're yeah. excited. Oh, good. Oh, it's, yeah. It's going to be a fun bunch of people for sure, and um, you know. We're looking forward to collaborating with them, you know, coming up with some cool stuff. And, you know, it's uh, it's, it's a really good step for the Schooner Pod. Uh, so I'm not sure how much of y'all, you know, care about it out there. But uh, trust me, I'm really excited to see what it entails. And, you know, we got a lot of really cool content coming our way. This allows us to do a lot more cool stuff for sure. And, um, you know, we're, we're hoping this partnership, you know, really can help take this uh, podcast and, you know, uh, the scooter blog and everything to the next level. And um, guys, I, I couldn't have done it without y'all. And, um, you know, I, I'm really happy that, you know, we're, we're taking this this next step together. So I, I will say for our listeners, and then I'll, I'll shut up uh, for Bobby to close it out. But I know most of our listeners are, are friends and family. And I want to say that this, this new pairing is going to allow us to do things that are a bit more professional, but still what you guys know from us. And, and it's going to allow us to, to really justify the, the time and then the increased time that we put into this podcast um, being well and professional <laughs> and then, and then some, uh, some students, but uh, this, this is going to be a good thing. It's going to allow us to do more of what we've been doing and, and accentuate the things that we've been doing without losing any of the stuff uh, that makes us different from other OU pods. If that makes sense. Yeah, well, we'll we'll still be the same as we are. You know, we'll keep the same energy, the same you know kind of lightheartedness, and I'm looking forward to it. Uh, Jameson, any final comments? Yeah, no, I'm excited to hear what the other uh, fans have to hear. Maybe we can bring on an Iowa State person. If Maybe we find someone in the network that's an Iowa State fan. Maybe we'll try to find something for you. And if not, we'll try to see if we can find anyone who's listening and wants to reach out. Have a little uh, five to ten minute session. We should, we should reach out to our Iowa State nemesis <laughs> and see if they want to come on. We need a... OU Iowa State like town hall where they just yeah you know, ask us questions <laughs> you know just throw stuff at us it'll be great maybe but, we can find the people that were like actually putting us on blast and just that's like, what hey, I was saying yeah like, yeah we appreciate I'll prove statistically why Matt Campbell is a coward to their face <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's your turn to be online uh, yeah. and state all your opinions where everyone can hear have a good time with that that'll be fun we'll um, get this person to come on and all we do is just roast Iowa State again right in front of their face oh my gosh <laughs> oh that'd be oh, so God. mean. Call them CPU. <laughs> CPU. <C> <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Computer U. That's funny. Oh, no. Yeah, no. Um, and the best thing y'all could do to help is uh, just spread the word, you know, tell people about the pod and everything. And, you know, we're, we're going to be uh, boosting our outreach and everything. So, um, you know, uh, and also you can tell us when we're, when we're bad, you know, what we can improve on. Would love to hear from y'all. Uh, definitely. So, um, yeah, for me, Jameson, and Ty, this has been the Schooner Pod presented by the Pod er, by the Pigskin Podcast Network. Uh, I'm still getting used to that. Um, thank y'all so much for listening, and we will see y'all soon.